Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to How to Cope. Every episode, writer Becky Howard, that's me, and my friend psychotherapist Lucy Clyde will be talking about how we can look after our mental health during the coronavirus crisis and beyond. Because whatever type of pandemic you're having, it's hard on all of us. So let's try and get through it the best way we can by talking. This week, we're talking about how to cope with the emotional slump as the coronavirus crisis carries on and on. continually done Lucy throughout this whole period and do you know what that is no I've no idea do tell okay so obviously it's your amazing insights as a trained psychotherapist (laughs) but it is also your way with a pun now no one no one listening will will be able to tell but when we record these sessions we record them on an app which allows us to see each other and we have screen names, and my screen name is my really exciting email address. <laughs> and your screen name is always an incredible pun that I, I don't know where you come from. So would you like to share what your name today, your screen name is? Uh, my screen name today is Vaccine Peak, which is a pun. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it's so niche. <laughs> Well, I like to come up with uh, uh, topical uh, topical pseudonyms for recording these sessions. And obviously, it's after it's a, a tribute to Maxine Peake, uh, the yeah. absolutely fantastic, multi-talented uh, actress. So that's the pun is Vaccine Peak. And, you know, I'm sure Maxine's not going to hear this, but, you know, if she ever does, I'm sorry. <laughs> Maxine Peake, you're no, fantastic. I, think that's, I, think I have amazing. your name. <laughs> but I've had a few. Yeah, can you remember any of them? Because they're they're slipping my mind, but there were some brilliant ones. Oh well, I think I went for Corona Deville. Oh, is... just love it. <laughs> and who else have I had? I did COVID Bowie, and Bowie, obviously David Bowie, and and then who have I had? I did oh um Virus Van Gogh, and that was Virus with an I. And then I think I went for Virus Cyrus. Virus Cyrus, that's it. <laughs> Which was virus with a Y. You said Miley's. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. yeah, it just, I, I don't know where they come in from. And I have to say, they sort of, they pop into my head 30 seconds before we record. So I don't know. I just find puns really tricky. I, I'm not a, I'm not a very good punny sort of person with that way. And I'm so I'm just very impressed. 
Oh, well, thank you. I'm not normally. It's just, I guess there's something about the situation we find ourselves in, which has done something. Who knew that this would bring out, you know, you're making pizzas, you're (laughs) coming up with puns, and you've made a fashionable den out of duvets. I mean, just, you know, beginning of the year, who would have thunk it, really, that this would be where we'd find ourselves halfway through 2020? Oh, my God. And I think that's the point, really, of what we're going to talk about, isn't it? We are halfway through the year. It's been a bit of a shit show so far. Um, Highlights are few and far between. Um, And it's, I think, just feels like it's going on and on and on and on. And we're all sick and tired of our situation. And it's a very general kind of feeling. It's, It's kind of, it touches every part of our life because our lives are not what we thought they would be at the beginning of the year, whatever our ambitions or goals or whatever it was for the year have all flown out the window. They flew out the window sometime in early March. Yeah. We don't know where things are going. We've talked about uncertainty. The lockdown easing isn't as simple as we maybe thought it would be when we all went into this. We thought, well, we'll just do it for a few weeks and then, then we'll be able to sort of pick up where we left off. And it's, clear that everything's just going to keep going on in in lots of negative ways all the all the problems and and the and, you know the consequences and i think there's just a general feeling of total fed upness with everything yes i would agree i would agree it's funny as you were talking about that i was thinking about how distant uh my i made a couple of very tiny new year's resolutions in january and how <laughs> I, mean, they always, they, I know I know how sweet <laughs> how naive uh they always seem very distant don't they by this point in the year because they've usually long gone but they feel really distant now and actually totally impossible and utterly irrelevant they have no bearing they have no actual meaning they felt very relevant at the time but they have no application whatsoever now what I'm kind of reflecting on at the moment is how distant now even the beginning of this crisis felt because if you think about the days of March and what we were all doing in this mad period of shock and I think we were all frenetic and there was a lot of nervous panicked energy going around Mm -hmm. and all the things that kind of started in our new life so the mad obsession with zooming everybody and and so trying to trying to replicate our social lives via screens um the trying to uh the even the clapping so the clapping that became this tradition very quickly you know came out of one woman's idea and it, and it just mm. spread didn't it that's finished so she you know she actually said didn't she she she'd like the clap for carers thing to kind of end she yeah. feels like it served its purpose and it was becoming a bit politicized and then there was all this singing balconies we were seeing on social media and, and people making the best of it and all the all those things. All that has finished. All those kind of activities that we were trying to make the best of things have kind of settled down or finished or gone. So it feels like what are we left with now? Well, we're in a massive slump, aren't we? That's because it. Because all the energy's gone. And you, you can't sustain that indefinitely, you know, the, yeah. that level of energy. I mean, it, it was particularly manic and frenzied and quite anxious at the beginning. And that's a very, very understandable response to the kind of 
you know, the, the degree of mobilisation that needed to happen from all of us. But, you know, now what? Exactly. <laughs> now what, right? Now what? It's all like, a bit flat. And, and I've noticed that this kind of, you know, slump, and I think that's, that's a really good way of putting it, is manifesting itself in people very differently. So, and it's affecting them, their mental health very differently. So some people, or, you know, maybe most, it there's a lot of anger. And that anger can be directed in many ways. Obviously, it can be directed at government and what, what people think we should be doing. And if we're not doing it or, you know, there's, you know, you can go on social media and you can be absolutely uh, presented with totally polarising opinions on what the government should be doing in a very angry way of like they shouldn't be opening schools they should be opening schools they shouldn't be reopening businesses they should be reopening business right and people are so furious on whatever their position is it's quite overwhelming and quite you know I I can't read those things for too long um because I I, I get confused anyway because I'm very suggestible (laughs) So I'll be like, oh, yes, yes, you're quite right. Oh, no, no, but they're right as well. Oh, man, I'm so confused. Um, You know, so that doesn't work for me. But there is just so much rage around people's position on this thing. And I think, do you think it's coming out of this, you know, long-standing slump of, ah, you know, this kind of howl? Yeah, I mean, I think that's a big part of it. I mean, I think anger is a really, a really fascinating emotion. And, you know, um, it's quite a, a big one to try and unpick. And it is it is very, very interesting. And I think what's interesting about anger is we're all a little frightened of it, because it's quite a scary mm. feeling. Mm. Um, so it's quite hard to think about it. You know, we feel it, it's overwhelming, it's righteous, it's this, it's that, it is the only opinion in the world that matters right now, when we're feeling it. Mm. And it's actually quite hard to then go back and think about it. And we're scared of it, because it's potentially destructive. We all know what it's like to be shouted at and how terrible that feels. And, you know, shout that and worse sometimes and how how awful that is. And we're often scared of our own anger. So we're often scared of what what might happen if we get angry. You know, yeah. so it's quite a we have quite a difficult relationship with it. And the thing about anger is that, you know, one of the reasons I think it makes such a, a, a mighty characteristic appearance on social media is because it's quote unquote safe. It's a safe outlet. There's no consequence. You can vent on social media all you like and no one's going to say, I'm sorry, but you're dumped or I don't love you anymore or slam the door and walk out or, you know, feed your dinner to the dog. You know? But you will. But you will come in for a lot of abuse. I mean, yes, that's no. pretty much guaranteed. And even yes. if that abuse is coming from strangers, you know, I'm almost terrified to put an opinion about anything on social media because I, I, I haven't got the brass neck for for people who disagree with me slating me and that's what I don't really understand about where people why people put that down there when okay fine your your partner is not going to dump you probably and you're not going to lose your job just for saying you know actually you might but you know most of the time you won't why what is why do people want to put that anger there when they probably know it's going to create a bit of a storm well I think you know uh it's a quite an, an old and famous song, uh, Anger's an Energy, right? And it's it's very, very useful and very, very important and necessary. So 
and often justified. The thing is, I think we often struggle to distinguish between whether our anger is justified or not, because it feels so immense and overwhelming and uh, intense in the moment. And often anger is a sublimation, which means that all that means is that it's a feeling that started somewhere and has ended up somewhere else. So often we can, it's easier to feel very angry than it is to feel sad. Because so give me an example of when you would sublimate anger. Like what could okay. be a scenario? Okay, so somebody says something that's actually quite hurtful to you. And instead of saying, wow, that really hurt what you just said, you know, that's quite a tough conversation to have because in that moment when if I'm saying something like that and just kind of running through it like that, I, I noticed that I felt a little vulnerable. Mm. Um, and so if somebody said something hurtful to me and I go, oh, that really, really hurt, I am making myself vulnerable to somebody who's just hurt me which might not feel particularly safe or comfortable, even if they're lovely and you trust them and you know deep in your bones that they would never deliberately hurt you. In that mm. moment, something's gone a bit awry. Uh, and it takes a level of risk to be able to show your vulnerability like that. So what then I might do instead of go, and if I'm quite uncomfortable with that, if I don't want to do that or I've had a bad day, <laughs> uh, the wind is blowing in the wrong direction, I might retaliate. Yeah. Instead of reflecting on the, wow, that really hurt, I might come back with something that I kind of knew was going to, you know, land in a yeah. painful place. Because actually, that's a bit easier, right? Yeah. That feels better to me. I don't have to sit in this, oh, wow, God, that really hurt. I don't have to sit in the pain and I don't have to sit in feeling exposed and vulnerable. I can just go, yeah, and back at you. And that feels better to me. So actually. it's it's more comforting to put that feeling out there as anger rather yeah. than something else. You feel powerful. You don't feel exposed. You don't feel vulnerable. You don't feel wounded. You just feel powerful. So, like you said, anger can be a it is an energy and it can be a positive energy, and we're seeing a lot of that right at the moment. But when we're talk, thinking about people who are angry, sort of at the current situation or or feeling despondent and slump, you know, and fed up, and that's kind of becoming anger. That's yeah. being sublimated into anger at whoever, whether that is maybe. Uh, their situation at home, their family, the government, you know, the forces beyond our control. What is there anything we can do about that if we feel like we've just got futile anger? Yeah, I think that's a really good point, isn't it? Because there is a really important distinction between mobilising anger and futile anger. And we're seeing, you know, the kind of very, I don't know, I find it very heartening. Uh, mobilizing anger right now and I you know it's a it's a, a glorious sight and very very important um and then there's the futile anger if you know that that I think has come from lockdown which is frankly we can rage all we like and it changes nothing, nothing. and how bad does that feel so yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's the worst. So you know, here you are, you're you know raging impotently at <laughs> a virus for God's sake that yeah, you know, isn't sentient, yeah. so it you're doesn't care. Yeah, and really. you know, 
you're punching into the air and you're spinning your own wheels and exhausting yourself. And I think the thing is about that is that, you know, that's even more enraging, right? So, and it doesn't even change anything. Oh my God, I'm really angry about that. Uh, And I think the thing is, you know, it's really important for us to be able to reflect on our feelings. And it's very easy to say, think about your feelings, but it's actually quite a difficult thing to do. And anger, I think, is one of the hardest feelings to reflect on uh, because it's so hot and scrambling mm. and we feel so strong in it often that we don't want to step back. We don't want to reflect, really, because it, well, you it's can't take reflect in the moment. You, you can't, can't reflect in the actual moment of anger. No. You can only reflect when it is past. Yes. And the only, I think, well, from my experience, the only valuable thing that can come from it is actually being able to unpick what it was really about. That's really, I mean, that's a really valuable, valuable, essential thing to do because usually, um, well, I mean, you know, I think anyway that the, the, the roots of anger are in something very difficult. So they're in sadness, pain, fear, humiliation. And I think in this case, you know, as we're being COVID specific, I think in this case it's about powerlessness I just think you know we're all a bit lost and we can't do anything anymore and we were doing stuff you know we were clapping that's that felt active you know that felt like something we could do like we could cheer them on and maybe there's some kind of unconscious magical belief there some that taps into a slightly superstitious part of all of us that you know the harder we clap the more we do it maybe the better this will will feed the positivity and these will help in some way Mm. and you know the more creative we are in our kitchens maybe that's a positive thing and so we're generating lots of positive stuff on TikTok and lots of positive stuff in our kitchens and lots of you know all this stuff it's you know powerful 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 and I think that's a sort of an important antidote but actually and not a lot has changed thanks for listening to how to cope with Becky Howard and Lucy Clyde if you enjoy these podcasts please rate them and leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And tell your friends. Thanks for listening to How to Cope. Another emotion that I think is coming out of this feeling of like, um, uh, you know, where do we go? When does this end? Um, is this exhaustion. And like you said, this all the energy that we were throwing out into the environment or into the world in those first weeks, however that manifested itself in us, um, perhaps our, our our energy was starting a podcast. <laughs> That's a, go on, got to do something. You know, I think, I think you've got a point there, Becky. Yeah, might, so might have been. Might have been, been doing that. Well, anyway, I'm still doing it. So there you Here go. We are. We're still doing it. Um, so yeah, so we do we do all these things, and there's nothing changes. Um, everything's still a bit crap, and you've had your kind of certain experience in this personally aren't you and a lot of other people as well which is just utter exhaustion I am shattered I'm really 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 tired and you know I'm somebody who gets quite tired intermittently anyway I'm one of those people who sort of I think every two months or something sort of just crashes for Mm. a day and that's fine right it's a a big old reset and you know life is quite busy and you know I tend to live it a bit of a clip and I I have a slightly racing mind anyway which is quite tiring so 
it's all fine but I am at the moment really 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 have really crashed and it is absolutely about this situation right now it feels like I'm holding a lot of physical tension and physical and mental and emotional uncertainty and I think that requires a degree of energy on top of the the day-to-day stuff which still needs doing which is which is you know I'm also busier I think than I have been in a very 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 long time just because of you know the 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 added things you have to do yeah yeah yeah, my days are longer the breaks are fewer the rest time is less and I just you know and and then you add the kind of whole oh trying to trying to unpick this situation and live with a degree of uncertainty and tension and actually it's really I'm finding it really tiring I remember from I think that was something that actually people a lot of people were experiencing from quite early on weren't they in this whole process I remember like hearing from people and, and reading people about people that were just you know, they were doing less physically. I'm not yeah. necessarily talking about you, but obviously because they were not going out, they weren't, you know, traveling, commuting, doing all this kind of high physical energy stuff. But they were just shattered and exhausted. And like you say, it it definitely seems that that is something that manifests in people when they're trying to cope with all of this stuff. How? Where does it go? And it just drains and saps you. It's a weird state. And I think without the outlets, without the release, without the such valuable human connection to move us away from, you know, wherever we are mentally, it's 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 really taking its toll on people. Yes, it absolutely um, is. And I've definitely so I, I'm certainly yeah. not experiencing massive tiredness, mm. but I feel that I am just I'm just feeling a bit bleak about the, the short to medium term I'm not saying long term I'm you know I'm sure in five years time things will be fine <laughs> I don't know why I'm saying five years time it sounds a bit random and it's quite frighteningly far away um but I think that's just because I don't feel that I can in any way be upbeat and positive about the rest of the year and what it will look like for for you know, people I know for the world in general, for the economy, for people's health, like that. And I don't. It's horrible. I, and I wouldn't say it's 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 like oh, depression. It's it's not it's not as no. sort of over all encompassing and, and as big as that. But it's just a kind of it's a bit of a it's a bit of a not very nice place to be, isn't it? Just to feel a bit bleak about things because I think again looping this back to the beginning of um the pandemic hitting us was this idea that we will do this and then we'll, we'll have a big party i remember my kids saying that yeah let's have a big when when this is all done we can all have a big party and see all our friends and family and give them hugs again and i was like yeah 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 right and that like chink of positivity would would power us all through now that's not going to happen right and that's mm-hmm. not going to happen because we even if we are back on the tube and the kids are going to school we cannot confidently invite hundreds of people into your house and and give them all big hugs safely and we know that now yeah and so therefore not having those things in your back of your mind and knowing that that's not possible it's just a bit bleh isn't it no it's 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 really I mean I think bleak is bleak is the right word I think I think Becky you have a touch of melancholia melancholia that sounds better mm, 
That sounds like a film by Wes Anderson or something. <laughs> Is it? It could be. I don't know. Look it up quickly. Yeah. Uh, like, yeah, quick, like, quick. You know, but you do. I think you have a touch of melancholia. I think you are, you are, you know, kind of life is a bit washed out for you right now and of course it is uh and you're right there are I remember having those conversations I remember having a long conversation with somebody about their post-pandemic party playlist all the songs I know and and it was a lovely chat well that's not a conversation I've had for a while but I think there is something about how we navigate our way through this isn't there there's something about what we do with the melancholia because it is I think it's a very difficult position to be in. And I think for a lot of people, there is a sense that the, we're in the slight danger of the water beginning to close over our heads uh, with all of this. And we have been doing this so long and there is so little clarity that the mood is really, really, really slumped. And, you know, I don't know which is healthier I don't know if it's healthier to get melancholic or to rage or a bit of both I think if you get stuck in either you're Mm. you know it's not it's not great um but one of the things I've noticed I'm doing is uh I'm being very ruthless with myself about filtering about news filtering uh and so I have this past week been paying a lot of attention to what's going on in Europe. Okay. Uh, they are several weeks ahead of us, I believe. Yeah. And I noticed that Italy is beginning to open things up in quite a significant way. It's the outdoor, are they doing indoor restaurants or is it just outdoor cafes and things like that? Yeah. yeah. And Venice has opened as a tourist destination or is planning on opening as a tourist destination. Why are we not there right now? I'm. <laughs> because we are plague oh. carriers and we can't leave our we are, they don't want us do they they don't want us <laughs> i wouldn't want us it's oh. just to add to the melancholia they don't want us but you know <laughs> just just stick that in as well and that's the pile of crap yeah. that we're all living with right now uh we're not welcome in venice uh but I think that, you know, that to me is a, I don't know why, but that felt like, that felt incredibly significant and hopeful to me. I think that's a really good one. And actually, I think there is something I could probably do, which I haven't done. And that is probably start uh, curating my social media feed a little bit. And in the sense of, there are a number of people on my Twitter timeline who don't are just uh, they are pretty negative and it doesn't help does it and that's that's not saying they're not nice good people who are just going through tricky times as we all are and using their social media as, as their way of managing their their feelings but they also tend to be the people who post a lot aren't they so if you if I flick onto Twitter I am often seeing the stuff that they are posting or retweeting or, you know, getting involved in in spats or arguments and and righteous positions of something or other. Mm. And it is, it is, it's not great to witness that all the time, is it? I need more pictures of of gorgeous Italians outside, you know, lovely cafes (laughs) on piazzas drinking Campari. That's what I need in my life. Yes. Well, 
And I think, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And I think that, you know, the thing about the 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 social media stuff is that I sometimes wonder if for a lot of people who are doing that kind of relentlessly negative stuff, I think it's a release. And I think it's the equivalent of the social equivalent would be venting. Mm. You know, when you've had a really crap day and you vent. But the thing about if somebody's venting to you face to face and you know them quite well, you can normally tell. Like you can normally go, all right, I've had a bad day. Let's give them five minutes to offload. Yeah. And that's fine. And we all have them. And oh, my, no, I know I I hear it. And it's frustrating, isn't it? You know, so it's much easier to do it face to face to kind of tolerate the venting. And we all, you know, it's part of what we do. And we tend to do it with the people that we're closest to and all that stuff. But I think the thing about social media is there's no such thing as a tolerable dose. No, there's no end to it. There's no end to it. And you know, much as it's fine for you to sit and listen to one person venting, you don't want to be in a room with a hundred people all venting about different things at you specifically, because that's going to leave you feeling very horrible. And that's kind of the equivalent of what a lot of social media, particularly Twitter, I think, can be right now. And that's just hideous and unsurvivable and intolerable and not helpful. You can't do anything useful with that. No, and it just makes you feel worse, doesn't it? And yeah. And I think um, it's also kind of counter what I used to pride myself on being, which is, you know, having been a journalist for years and years and years, it was really important for me to be across the news. Um, even though I wasn't uh, a hard, I didn't do hard news reporting, mm. but knowing what was going on was really kind of inherently important. Yeah. And obviously when I started off my career, there was, it was pre-social media. This didn't, this didn't exist. Um but now I think to be across, or it's almost okay. It's, firstly, it's impossible to be across everything these days because we're just saturated. But to try and be across it all at this time is mentally very hard and doesn't necessarily do us any good. And I think if we're going to try and manage um, this, this kind of position we're in at the moment like we're saying this big slump um that's it's never ending it's not end, you know it's not stopping there's no clear end so we're all feeling these different kind of emotions you know it, it it's not going to help us to try and absorb every single piece of news that's out there because it's not going to be good it's really not and i think you used a really interesting word there because you said manage and management is an active process Mm. it's something that we do it's not something that happens upon us it's something that we all have to do we all have to manage and we have to manage our resources don't you we manage the food in the fridge we manage the money in our bank accounts and you know when things are very tough our mental health and our energy becomes a resource that then requires managing Mm. And we have to engage in that, I think, a little bit. And it's very hard because when you're when you're up against it, you may not have the, the the bandwidth to engage in that management. But I think it's really important to remember sometimes that you don't have to absorb everything all the time. You know, you don't have to steep yourself up to your neck in worldwide horror. You just don't. And it's it does, you know, if you switch off, it doesn't mean you don't care. It just means mm. it just means you're managing. And mm. 
burnout helps nobody anybody who works in frontline situations or in situations that are stressful or aggravating or traumatic will absolutely back this up that you that you know burnout is an issue and you need to manage your exposure to to the to levels of horror that leave you feeling powerless and you know if you want to do something about the horror that leaves you feeling powerless then you also have to manage your exposure to it because you need to have the energy and the resources to act and you can't act effectively from a burnt out place you can't reflect from burnout i think that is a really good point at which to wrap it up um it's yeah it's really just about managing managing what what we expose ourselves to um that makes us feel the way we're feeling whether that is anger um melancholia exhaustion (laughs) you know whatever whatever lovely fun path we find ourselves on um and i i will now be going to uh curate my own twitter feed to just being sexy italian men (laughs) i think lots lots of yeah yeah. i mean for some people it's fluffy kittens isn't it and and animal gifts and whatever mine's mine's going to be a selection of of men and piazzas and tina fey or Amy Polar gifts, and I think that will that will sort me out. <laughs> I think it will. I'm off to I'm off to write a list of um, COVID related pseudonyms. <laughs> yes, I can't That's wait to see do. what the next one is. I'm gonna oh, think these are all good. I've got a few possible ideas that are rolling around in my head, so I'll I'll let you know when when one comes up. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Lucy. Oh, you're welcome. See you next time, Becky. See you next time. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to How to Cope with Becky Howard and Lucy Clyde. If you enjoyed our podcast, please leave a review, like and subscribe. It makes a huge difference and we really appreciate it. The music is Cold Funk by Kevin McLeod and used under a Creative Commons licence. You can follow us on Twitter too at cope underscore podcast. Thanks again and check in soon for the next episode of How to Cope. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.